This podcast is starting by me telling Denise her dog has to go because her dog is snoring. Listen. Oh, of course she wakes up now. You scared her. There, I didn't even touch her. Did she feel your presence? Okay, well, you have to go, so we're gonna she pause that. No, this she might not snore. No, look, she's already breathing hard. Hello, hello, hello. This is Marissa. This is Denise. And we are Are You There, God? It's us, the book bitches. And we have an additional person, member of this family here named Runt. Runt, would you like to say anything? Hi. <laughs> She's the tiniest chihuahua. And she actually only gets invited here because if not, she scratches obsessively on the door until denise is holding her in her arms because she can't be without human contact for more than five minutes you can't be without human contact anyways um so today we are reviewing a book that we both really liked um and you won't get to know the title until (laughs) you only get to know we like it you just we really enjoyed it shh tiniest could you actually be quiet for one second So, um, we're going to open our white claws. Thank you for taking the ruby grapefruit. God damn it. Did I really? (laughs) I thought they were both ruby grapefruit. This is black cherry, bitch. That wasn't on purpose. You don't have to thank me. I'm just really cranky about it. Sorry. They're not even the same color. Um, the other day. It was dark. They're the same. I can't. I'm not going to talk about this right now. I'm outraged. The other day, I even, it was dark. There, like, you don't live in a cave. Go to the, <laughs> in the, the refrigerator <laughs> in the box, asshole. Okay. The other day, one of my friends said, um, she's like, yeah, you know, White Claws remind me of, like, skinny girl drinks. And I was like, huh. <laughs> Does that, do I look like I'm drinking to be skinny? <laughs> Have Maybe me? like ne- is our next step to get those like skinny marks. Those are just tequila. <laughs> <laughs> like a skinny mark is just like more tequila. Okay. Like technically, yeah. If I wanted to be skinnier, I would bite the bullet and just drink straight alcohol. Alcohol is not the reason you're fat. No, like, <laughs> I don't know how to tell both of us this. They could have been the mini corn dogs I ate from Wiener since right now. <laughs> or the bag of hot fries I have sitting by my bed. All right, all right, all right. So what did you read this week? The other day. Oh my God. <laughs> the other day I went to Stater Brothers and I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. What did you do? I bought five bags of hot fries. No, that's a really good so idea I could for stop, you. So I stop, like... No, that's a great idea. Yeah, because I was getting really sick of, like, going there every other day and being like, oh, I just really want some hot... Because I don't sell, like, a family bag of them. Yeah, because no one obsessively eats them. Except for I'm you. I'm not obsessively eating them. I'm eating, like, every two, maybe three days. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways. They're not even that good. <sighs> We're not gonna argue Do you like this. my makeup? No. Oh. <laughs> or... <laughs> I guess I'll go kill myself. So anyways. What did you... Can I... I'm going to ask again. What did you read this week? Um, okay, so I actually reread two books. So one of them I did really like the first time I read it. And it wasn't like acclaimed or anything. And it was like a fun little... Like a fun little horror novel. 
Mm-hmm. And then the other one was one that we both saw being reviewed by people, and they're like, this book is so fucked up. Most fucked up book of 2021. Oh I know the second um, one. What's the first one? I'm going to get into that. And then I oh, also... <laughs> and then I also continued reading She Lies in Wait, but I'm... So the issue You've been that, reading that for like No, because I've been reading it on my lunch, but then sometimes on my lunches, I go and get... I come I come back here because I forgot my lunch. Mercy, you come you go back you come back home more often to pick up your lunch than you do. So you've read it what three yeah. times no, in like, the last three literally. weeks? <laughs> this last week I forgot like out of the four days that I was at work, I forgot my lunch three times. It like irritates me. You don't think it irritates me? <laughs> I don't know, does it? It doesn't um, irritate you enough to change. No, like it's like a mild irritation. It's like Marissa, like I know that you li- like work two minutes from our house. Yeah, but, like that seems so inconvenient. It is really inconvenient. It is, but I also lay on my bed for five minutes. <laughs> like I come back in here and I lay down for a couple minutes. <laughs> so, um, so I've been reading some books. Okay, so the first book that I was talking about, the fun little horror novel, is called The Return, and the premise of that is like. The fr- or her friend Elise is the main character her friend her best friend disappears for two years and then suddenly reappears in basically the exact same condition that she left and no memory changeling of... no the alien or like alien. Ha- like monster it's not really confirmed oh uh, okay so is that she... a twist because I haven't read that it's not really a twist you I mean like you see it coming like a mile away you just don't know what she what's wrong with her but the the cool thing is that it's like they go on this girls trip. It's her and then the one that disappeared and then two of their best friends. And so then that's when um all that sh- the shit starts going down. So it's it's fun. It's it's definitely like not amazing, but it is a really fast and fun. Like I really enjoyed it. I would cho- choose um to go on a girls trip with you. Uh-huh. And the dogs. What about Deborah? I mean, yeah, if she wants to come. Oh, okay. I, I don't assume know, like, who's going on. What about? I know. Like, Aaron. I would invite Anna. I know. I Aaron. would invite Aaron as a <laughs> honorary girl. But every time we go out with Aaron, I'm like, this is a girls' night. <laughs> just the gals. Talking, the sorry, gals. Aaron. This is just the gals. So, anyways, um, okay. So the return I really liked. The second one is Verity. And it's the one that I kept seeing that people were like, this book is so fucked up, horrendous, blah, blah, blah. It was Again, okay. maybe I'm desensitized. <sighs> like, I, here's the thing is that uh, we both have read Clive Barker, and he's really fucked up. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> so Sorry, like, I just got, like, several images in my head. So this, okay, so the Hell premise reason? of Verity is that you're introduced to Lowen, she is contacted by an author's husband. The author has been in a car accident, but she's an acclaimed writer. And she wants Lowen to finish her series of books. Uh, well, That's how you say that woman's name? It's L-O-W-E-N, so I assumed. But there was a typo. I was reading it, and at one point they referred to her as Lauren. And I was like, hold on, what? So I don't know if like Lauren was her original name and then they it like changed it out to Lois. <laughs> so then um yeah, so then in 
starting to go through this other author's notes to get a feel for the characters and all that shit um, and trying to find outlines. She finds this author's like novel diary journal that's basically about how the author that she's writing for, Verity, didn't want her children basically killed off her two daughter children or like killed off one of the daughters and there was like an accident within the family that killed the other daughter so it's like a whole thing and it's really fucked up but it wasn't as it it is but it isn't but it wasn't as like it wasn't (sighs) i will say this for myself only because the Silence of the Lambs is my comfort movie. Like, I actually just put it on when I'm like, oh, like, it's raining outside and I just want to cuddle with my blankets. Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> to be so fair, Jackie Brown is my comfort movie. Yeah, so it's hard for me when people are like, this book was so disturbing. And then I read it and I'm like, all right, it's like kind of middling. Like, it, like there are not very many books that have really, like, disturbed me. You know what scares me, though? Okay. Those TikToks that are like... The last photo seen of this person. I've never seen those. No? Never seen those. Oh my god. It's like last photos taken of the person before they mysteriously disappeared or like something horrible happened to them. What? I know. So it'll be like there was this one. That's chilling. No, they are chilling. There was this one of this girl that went to Thailand and it said she went on a solo trip. And she had gone, I guess. So it was like her solo trip, but then I think she met up with friends there or something. So the last picture is her and, like, some people standing by a bonfire. But it's just, like, when you know that she disappeared, that's the last photo of that person. It is really scary. There was one I saw the other day that was, like, a 14-year-old boy. The last photo of him was actually a video still of him going to a train station. (laughs) couldn't remember what like trains come from that you're just saying a train (laughs) coming from a train station buying a ticket at a train station and then him leaving when he gets to the next one him walking out of those like the double doors and that was like the last thing they saw of him but i was reading the comments on that one and they were saying that they think he was like somehow involved with like trafficking or like some shit like that because there was just like no other evidence to point to anything else. That reminds else. me of that true crime with those two little girls. Okay. Where they had, they went on a hike because someone's grandma dropped them off to go to this hike. And someone's dad. Hold on. When you say little girls. They were like 13, I think. Why would he, why did anybody drop them off for a hike? <sighs> it, it was just one of the, I don't know. And it was two of them. And, Have bitch, you, I don't know. Okay. All right. And someone's dad was supposed to pick them up or something, like, a couple hours later. Because the grandma had to go to work, if I'm not mistaken, and the dad was coming from work. It was some weird shit. Where... Was it, like, hours of a time? It was, like, a a couple hours. Okay. Okay, but it was, like, this hike, and they had... It sounded like they had been there before. Okay. And there's just, like, pictures. They were... It looked like they were taking pictures on, like, Snapchat. Okay. And in one of them, you can see a figure, and it's, like, who possibly abducted them, but they cannot figure out. No fucking thank you. But also, I'm, like, not trying to victim blame anybody here, but I would not drop off any 13-year-old girls Yeah, it was a weird, so it was, like, one of those situations where it's, like, yeah, that was maybe not the best decision. Obviously, Um, nobody should be abducting Well, it was, like, the Madeline 
Kane, Makan. Oh my god. Yeah. Or like that one where that they, one where the little girl kept getting abducted and her parents were like, oh, just this that guy. That one, no. That one's totally fucking different. And it's because he had the parents sexually under thrall. Imagine and I can't even so talk s- about that. I can't. Okay. We got to move on. Um, What did you read this week? I read, okay. I read quite a few books because whatever. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Have you ever, so you know, maybe you read on your lunch. Maybe. Well, actually, because she subs, and when she subs, she reads. Yeah, I don't know if I'm supposed to be paying attention to the kids, but I don't. Well, they're high schoolers. If they're not beating each other up and they look like they're quiet, they're fine. Anyways. Yeah. So I read Riding in Cars with Boys, which, as you know, that that movie. Totally different. Totally different feel. Hmm. The movie's really sad. Is the book really sad? No. Oh, okay. really. Because she tells everything very matter-of-factly. And she just... Her her man left when the kid was, like, one or two. Good. Like, she kicked him out because he was having drug issues. So oh, that was yeah, that storyline different. Yeah, that storyline that went on for so long didn't happen. Well, because I think in the movie it was, like, until he was, like, ten. He yeah. was, like, an older kid. Yeah. So that didn't happen, and you just get her life, and it was really. But the son did write it, right? No, she wrote it. Oh, yeah, she wrote it. In the movie, wasn't it the son that no, wrote it? No, no, in the movie, it was that she wrote it too. Oh wait, what was the whole son thing with the son asking for permission? Maybe I don't remember. I haven't oh, seen maybe it, in a it years. was her. Maybe I it was, was she him? was telling him, or he was like I don't writing remember. her story. I remember that the only reason they were together was to get the dad to sign the divorce papers, which was not a oh, situation right. in the book. My thing is like, why did they play that up so much for the movie? They played up a lot of things, and it was really interesting. The, the lead character is Drew Barrymore, right? Yeah, she's so good. But I liked it. Was she's so also different. really beautiful. She is so beautiful, and I have a crush on her. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Whatever, I can't talk about it anymore. My favorite clip Isn't of Drew Barrymore. Barrymore. She's also bisexual, though, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because that happened in, like, the 90s, and people flamed the fuck out of her for yeah. it. Because she was also just generally, like, very, like, openly... Sexual. Sexual. I'm in love with her. But, but my fine. favorite Oh, my thing. God, the email thing. <laughs> <laughs> when she's like, oh, my God, I just learned how to email. It was like I a Charlie's Angel interview with her, Cameron Diaz, and Lucy Liu. And... Lucy, she goes, I just learned how to email. And Lucy Lou's like, I couldn't do that. Couldn't. Or no, she didn't even say, she said, I learned email. Yeah. <laughs> and Lucy was like, oh, I could never, I could never figure that she's out. Like, no, she's I'll like, no, I'll teach you. No, I can teach you. <laughs> and she seems so sweet. I, all the time, every time I see her in interviews, she seems really sweet. And like the one that I really liked, the more recent thing that she was in was Santa Clarita Diet. And it was really funny. Oh, you know did you watch I, it? I watched a lot of it. You know how I am with sitcoms, so I, like, just kind of, like, stopped watching it. But that's how I was with, like, um, Dead to Me. Oh, that yeah, one was yeah. really funny, too. Was it? It was. <laughs> See, those are both that I've been on, like, my list, but the back end of my list. They're both really funny shows. I'm just not good with, like, keeping up with shows past a couple seasons. Yeah, it's hard. And so, like, Santa Clarita, Clarita Diet's finished, though, now. So yeah, I should probably, probably just finish it. You can probably finish it. <laughs> but it's just anything that I'm like, oh, man, there's another season coming out. Guess I won't watch it. <sighs> okay, let me finish this. Okay, so the weird thing was they made Drew Barrymore's character kind of like a good girl to me. Yeah. 
And in the book, she was very emphatic. She was like, I was one of those girls that just really questioned why the guys got to have all the fun. So that she was like acting out a lot in the uh-huh. same way that the guys were. So she was like sleeping around. Oh, okay. And she was doing drugs. She was smoking, all that shit. Yeah, because Drew Barrymore was supposed to be like no, exploring. But it no. was like, oh no. No, she wasn't like that. And then her grades weren't great because... Her parents made it clear to her that she wasn't going to college. So she had good grades. And then, like, sophomore year when they were like, no, we're not going to pay for you to go to college. She stopped trying. Mm. So that was, like, she had a very interesting life. She was very proto-feminist in that she was, like, sleeping around with dudes mm-hmm. just because she could. Mm-hmm. She And she got herself into college at the end of it. And she really cute, too. She's very interesting looking. Mm. She has a very strong face. Mm. And I just liked that it talked about the relationship between her and her son and how he grew up with her. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's definitely 100% different from the movie. Okay. But I like both of them separately. And then another book I read was by, I'm going to say, I'm going to butcher his name, um, Kazuo Ishiguri. Mm-hmm. And it was never let me go. Right, you've read that though. I right? it's like one of my favorites. Yeah, but it was one of those that I don't think you realize how horrifying it is. So it's basically talking about what if this was an alternate version of the nineties where we started cloning people to harvest their organs. Right, so that you person A could live longer while person B is giving you. And they specifically bring up a lot of it's for cancer. Yeah, and then they also bring up, like, there's a little bit of the morality issue, but the book itself is, like, really a coming of age. And I was telling Denise, I was like, I know you love this book. I don't get it. It's slow as fuck. I I like it because it would be boring if the cloning wasn't the background issue. Mm -hmm. Because you have to think it's a coming of age that's hampered by the fact that, hey, Kathy, that's the main character, is growing up as a clone... Right. She doesn't have parents. She grows up basically in what we would think of as like an orphanage mm-hmm. amongst people her age. And then when she hits 18, she leaves there and kind of they send her to like a different Almost house. like a transition like, house. Like a transitional so that they kind of get the idea of how to live in the world. Right. And then after that, you either become... They all become carers, which is kind of just like basically... You have a donor that you're a friend to. They and literally you, have like a circular system of like you're a carer. And then and you, you care a, for the people that are that losing are, their organs yeah. and shit like that. And then you become the And then you become a being, donor. Yeah. And then there's a carer for you. And the carer is just like a friend and someone who They really who helps kept that you. in a closed loop there. They really did. But it's fucked up if you think about it. But because it's also coming of age and a romance and that's why like, you I kind feel of like it's really slow but i'm like like you you lose sight of it but yeah. the movie really brings forward the horror of it mm-hmm. because you see like kira knightley is one of like the secondary characters mm-hmm. you see her die on the table and they don't even try to revive her they just complete like finish taking out whatever organ that they're taking out of her right and it's fucking awful which feels like yeah that makes sense to like, the novel logically though yeah because they can only get about four vital organs out of these people yeah, they really can't that's my that why would my you thing. i was like this is really not a good system because 
honestly, even if they took... Things can go wrong because you're still cloning a person. Yeah. So you can still take out, I don't know, one of their kidneys and things could just go wrong. They could get an infection well, and die anyway. Yeah, and that was a thing in the book. Where really some people system. were talking like, about dying after the they, first one. Why can't they... Like, they're, like, instead of cloning an entire person... There was just no way. way to harvest other no, parts. No, I couldn't. I was like, so you guys get, so you have these people <laughs> part of the system. You have the ability to clone people, but you, you can just You're paying clone for their pieces? schooling or their housing until they're like 20. And then they're like these carers and you're paying still for their housing and you're presumably right. paying these people. And then they become donors, and they they have recovery centers at that point because they want to get as many organs out of you. I just feel like there's a lot of money being spent. Well, and then also... And you're, like, harvesting organs, and obviously... Well, and then you also have, like, the moral issue... Oh, yeah. ...of, like, do these clones have souls? Like, are they soulless beings? Well, and that's the whole thing is... Kathy, oh sorry, <laughs> Kathy is part of like this experiment, but you don't know that until the ending where the school that she was raised in was very much like a boarding school mm-hmm. and they wanted them to be creative and kind of be artistic. And that was just because they were trying to prove to people that these kids had souls. Well, they were also trying to prove to them like they're regular people, like you guys are just cloning them, but they're like they're like people and so yeah. then that's why you have like that weird episode where kathy's listening to her favorite tape and she's crying no she's just or she's just to dancing it. to it and then like the, the, the woman one, of the, one women. of the women in charge comes in and sees her and is like horrified but like you realize later on it's described as like horrified but also really like disturbed because it's clear that these are people that have but they emotions don't, and souls and even and the terminology around it's really interesting like even when they die they don't call it they died they say they completed right so the whole thing is very much like you're reading you're it's, reading kathy as a person and i think that's but why other people don't see them as people because like it's really you the language around it's so dehumanized that mm-hmm. you don't get how horrifying it is until you sit there and you think about it and you're like oh yeah that's like pretty sad <laughs> that's yeah pretty fucked up. so i actually would say that if you wanted to read it i would say you should also watch the movie and I think together those two pieces of like media. What are you doing with your hands? I'm <laughs> demonstrating. Those two pieces of media like make a really strong impression. So twenty two minutes into this, we got to move on because we haven't even talked about our actual book for this. We week. talked about Drew Barrymore for like a whole minute. She's like really. She's beautiful, America's though. sweetheart. She is, and I love her and makeup. And Santa brand. Clarita Diet. She had a really pretty hair. Okay. I what just, color is it? It's like like a reddish, like oh, a red. Okay. Oh wait, is she blonde in that one? <laughs> it's been a little bit since I watched it, but it just well. Part of the reason I noticed is because it looked really healthy. I remember watching it being like, "Oh, her looks really healthy." <laughs> but it also looked really good on her, and I was like, "Wow!" You know whose hair doesn't look healthy still? Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah, and like she's people really would always been, like, talk about how beautiful she is, and get, I was like, no one noticed that bitch Olaplex. <laughs> like, no get one's noticing how how they'd be always be like, she's so striking, and I'm like, I don't, her hair is so dry. Like, but I don't get it. Like, what was she doing to her hair? She was blow drying it. She had to be. She was she or straightening, straightening it to it death. To a I don't crisp. know. Or is, is she not a real blonde? 
But even that, what I is she doing know. these at-home bleach treatments and her she hair is not make, falling out? I never understood that. I was like, you're making so much money. I get that you want to copy Steve Jobs, but you can't throw some argan oil. <laughs> For context, Elizabeth Holmes is the woman who created that fake company that was... Um, Thanos. It was Than- a real company. It was a fake product. Bitch, it wasn't called Thanos. Theranos? Theranos. It's been a while since I read the fucking book, okay? okay. Well, it wasn't a Marvel villain. <laughs> um, Theranos, where it was supposed to be that you could you could only use like a tiny droplet of blood to supposedly read if you had all of these diseases or whatnot. Um, Which is scientifically impossible. impossible. But she claimed that she had come up with this way to do it, and obviously the mechanics behind it didn't work at all, or it worked like one time out of like 300. It didn't work at all. I thought it worked, like a no, little bit. Or no, they all. didn't they get it to work sometimes? They got it to work when they had a larger sample of blood. Oh, okay, that's what it was. <laughs> but the whole thing was it was for people... They marketed it's for people who are scared of getting their blood taken. Right. And so then, like, like fucking CVS, Walgreens had bought into it. Plus all of these other, like, really huge marketing oh, people. Yeah. They were worth billions. And then come to find out, like, it doesn't actually work. And now she's on trial for basically, like, fraud. So we have to move on from this. But if you guys look her up, Elizabeth Holmes, like, just look at her hair. Like, literally? And is it misogynistic that we're talking about her hair? (laughs) Fucking maybe. But I just get struck every time that no one is talking about her Everyone talks about her unnaturally deepening her voice. I don't give a fuck about that. She talked like this. No, stop. She talked like this. (laughs) And it sounded like that. Like, it really, she really would be like, I'm Elizabeth Holmes. And I'm, I'm the... The CEO of Theranos. <laughs> and like and when you hear her talk, you're like, wow, that's the like, deeply unnatural. Like very unnatural. <laughs> What's confusing me is women change the pitches of their voice to be deeper yeah, to be taken you seriously. Take it down to a lower pitch. I'm just confused why she did it so weirdly. <laughs> everything that bitch did was weird. Yeah, I'm selling the Walgreens. Like she sent like everything she did was weird. She wore weird clothes. She you know what? I can't get into this. We gotta move on. So the very you don't nice want to talk box. about the ill-fitting tur- turtlenecks. Oh, the very nice box is a book that I bought for myself. Um, I buy all of most of my books for myself. I don't know why I introduced it that way. Um, <laughs> but I, okay. Did you know you don't buy any of your books? Yeah, I just guess- steal them. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Like books are really out here being hardcover thirty dollars, dude. Why? Oh I my don't know. God. I, can't I can't get into it. But okay, so the very nice box is a book that I picked up actually in January, like the first week of January. Yeah, it's January still though. So the I'm just clarifying. <laughs> first week of January, um, and I read it real fast because I was like, I actually really liked it, and I picked it up. And I hate to say this about myself. I hate to say it. I hate. I hate is to be that the person. Cover is so I nice. loved the cover of this book. It's a really nice cover, and I actually pick a lot of books that way. Sometimes I'm like, hmm, this cover is appealing. I picked up that Lion- Lionel Shriver books purely for the cover. I did not like that book. And you know what? Fuck Lionel Shriver. I'm not going to get into it because we're running out of time. But you know what? Look her up. Fuck her. Okay, but to maybe weird. tell them what to look up. Her weird fat phobia. Yeah, she hates fat people. She fucking hates fat people and disguises it 
as concerned. It's of course. not disguised well. Okay, so the very nice box is a... Okay, okay. Uh, so I have to give you guys the synopsis of this book. But I just want to say that I read it within three or four hours. Like, I sat down and I oh, read I'm it. I'm sorry. I didn't know we were going for the world record of reading books really fast. Yeah, I'm like really really cool did you know that okay bitch probably not but you are gonna learn today so um sorry this is not appropriate it was really aggressive so this synopsis we are introduced to ava simon a woman who works as a designer for stada or Stata, because it has those little dots, and I don't know. The umlauts or whatever. The umlauts. A housewares company, similar to Ikea. Um, and actually, like, really, like, similar. Like, they're also, like, European-based and um, very functional design. Mm-hmm. Since the death of her fiancé, Andy, and her parents, Ava has become more obsessed with routine and work. She meets Matt with one T. With one. We're going to emphasize that now because that's criminal. Her soon-to-be supervisor and it complete, is completely unsettled by his aggressive optimism and the immediate changes made to her department at work. While this story starts out as an innocuous boy-meets-girl situation and she kind of loosens up and becomes more fun kind of romance, it's actually a study on male entitlement and manipulation. And the twist is a doozy. Nice. Good synopsis. Thanks. As always... Um, Sometimes so the synopsis that I write are janky. <laughs> Sometimes, there was one where I was like, wow, this was really bare bones. <laughs> this was really, it only talked about like maybe some of the plot. I don't remember which one it was for. Um, I just want to say for this book, uh, she's weird. Okay. Yeah, she's, she's a very odd person. But what I liked. Okay. So Andy... Did, did we emphasize that Andy, her late fiancé, no, was I a lady? No, I thought we would get into that. Okay. Because I actually didn't realize Andy was a woman at first. Mm. You know what I mean? I think I only knew because you told me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So her late fiancé is a woman. And oh, so no, and her name's spelled with an I. I-E. I-E. So I think I... I thought it could have been a woman, but it wasn't confirmed until a little bit in. Yeah. So what I really found interesting about... Ava, was that she did not define her sexuality, right? She really just is like, I like who I like. She was really out here vibing. No labels. But I like that, too, because I kind of felt like... Okay, dope. Like, she wasn't someone who thought about it very hard. Yeah. And I really did... I enjoyed that. Um, I I enjoyed that... The authors, the freedom, because it's by two women, sorry. Um, Laura Blackett and Eve Gleishman. And I think it gives the authors freedom in that case to not have to go through the rigmarole of like, let's explain the LGBTQ plus community to you. Yeah, like she knew she was queer, but that is as as far as it went. So what I find interesting is, first of all, that non-label she put on her sexuality. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, I did too. Um, 
But it was also something that was interesting about her character was she was very much not into the community. You know anyways, what I also so liked it was about like, it, though, too, was that it was really casual. Like, yeah, the way that it was, it was just very, it was organic and it was casual and it didn't require anything because it felt natural. Yeah. Um, sorry, I had a whole other thought before you started Sorry, talking. you said she wasn't into the community, like the LGBTQ um, Yeah, so I did like, so again, I liked that she was unlabeled, but it was also interesting because she was like one of those queer people that is just really not in tune with the community at all. She, and that's not to say that she, like her, one of her, her only friend really yeah. is a gay man. Right. Um... But, but she also she mentions wasn't... that they're both, like, very, like, introverted gay people. Yeah, they were very much, like, outliers for the community. And that was just interesting in terms of character development. Because to me, when you read a lot of times of characters in the queer community, LGBT community, what will you? Um, you don't like a close-knit group or something. Yeah, you don't really see them with not being connected to the community in some way. Right. And so to me, I was like, oh, that's different. That's interesting. And I relate to that because... I was going to say, do you find that you relate to that? Yeah, Because absolutely. you are also hanging out with straight people a lot of the time? Yeah, first of all, I only have three friends. And my New Year's resolution this year is to, like, have more uh, queer friends. But... Right. Or maybe date, perhaps. Mm-hmm. If the gods shine down on me. Resolution for you. But, yeah, I don't really have that connection. So I really I, I really liked that. I was like, oh, well, that's yeah, nice to read about someone who also... Denise isn't saying it, but I'm her most important friend. Right? What? <laughs> yeah, but, like, why did you say it like that? I felt like the people need to know. Okay. All right, well, dope. Um, with that said... I like, so when she starts dating Matt, uh-huh. there is definitely a shift for her. Okay, so, okay, okay. So let's get into that, because I really want to talk about that. Um, but before we get into that, so the book unfolds in a really good way, too. Like, I really like how the death of her fiancé, Andy, and her parents comes out. Because you know something has happened, but it's just not evident from the first couple pages. So you get into a little more of her character. I was hoping it wouldn't happen the way I started suspecting it happened. Oh, and yeah. then it fucking did. It was pretty bad. It but, was, I, can I say what it is? Not yet. Okay. But what you get from her point of view, and this plays into the twist later on, is that they were driving, mm-hmm. going on a trip with her fiancé and her parents. She had literally just gotten engaged to Andy. Yeah. And one of the big things in the book is that Andy had designed a watch for her because they both work for this, like, European design company, Stata. And they had been there from the, basically the inception of of this company. company. And so Ava designs boxes. Andy was designing watches and clocks. And she designs her a watch instead of a ring. And it was called, like, the Very Nice Watch or the Very... I don't remember. I don't remember. But yeah, yeah. It had... It had they but all it had was, very interesting names for, yeah, like, the product. And then... So, the one thing that I thought was really cool about the company was that the designers had time to work on what was called a passion project. So, basically, something that was outside of their normal work that they could work on. And so, that was Andy's passion project 
this watch that she designs for Ava. It's very fucking romantic. And then after she dies, the owner of Stata, is yeah. that what we're deciding to call it, um, actually approaches Ava and is like, oh, can we make this part of the line? Like, it's a beautiful watch. And so... Her watch is the original, but then they have a whole line of, like, the same watch that comes out. That end up getting sold. And she doesn't mind it. She sees it as a tribute to Andy and her design. And it was, and to me, and that's what the, that's what the owner of the intended, company intended yeah, for, for sure. Because so, she was a very loyal employee. So it was a really good... I really enjoyed the relationship that is described between her and Andy, even though you don't really get to see it. But you do know it was 10 years. Yeah. Of a, it was a 10-year relationship. Like, even if you don't get to see it, you you, just, how much of an impact? I, I My relationship, my longest was like three years. And yeah, I say three years, even though that was a whole thing. Right? And to me, that left a huge impact on my life. And that was, what, like a right. quarter of the time that her and Andy had? Right. And even then you see like... I don't know, like, you can see, like, the effects that it left on her, but also the fact that she wasn't really grieving for Andy yet. Yes. So that's an important thing. It's been a year? A year since they died? Uh, I think so. A little less. A little more. Somewhere in that time frame, but she's not grieving. She's just, she's very much avoiding grieving. Yeah. Which is where you get into her character and how she's become obsessed with, like, routine and... The whole thing with Stada is that she loves working there, but it also fits into her lifestyle because it's very minimalist and it's very organized and it's Mm -hmm. this whole, you know, um, again, picture Ikea and their general, like, look. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so then she meets Matt with one T. Well, even her passion project. Even her passion project, which we will get into also, um, but her passion project is a box called the of the very nice it's box. called the very nice box it's kind of like it's it's quite large it's like four by six isn't it it's it's yeah it's huge i don't i think it's like five by six it's just it's something big but her intention for it is that it looks very sleek it's very usable but it also looks like uh, the way that it's described i was like damn that's a classy box uh you know what i mean because it just sounded very like modern and like yeah, you and you can hang like it up the, on the wall too. And like and the, I was like, the lines it? of it, How? yeah, I don't know. So big, but I I loved it. And then her idea was just like, her thing behind the box was that you can store things in the box. It can be a memory box. It can be a box for. It sounds stupid as hell when you describe it. But, but it was I clear mean, that it was her passion project, and she was making it for a reason. And then and Andy. Andy encouraged her about it. Right. And so she's been working on this passion project for some time. So we have all of that information about Ava. And then she meets fucking Matt. And fuck Matt. Fuck Matt. Fuck that man. Fuck one this... team Matt. One team Matt. We're not saying this podcast is about trashing men. But we're not also not saying that. I mean, it's definitely it's a definitely foundation. A the other day, it, right? I texted my dad something and he said... <laughs> he said men should have no opinions (laughs) and i was like yeah um but that's true every day i say something along the lines we we say it men should Should not have no rights so matt with a one t comes in and you know his name really bugs me because like i was telling you earlier like like matt like with one t reminds me of a placemat yeah or a small rug 
Right. That's like, are you right? That's a thing. A car mat. mat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I it's just really bothersome to me. And who does he think he is with one T? And he is his name just M A T? It's not even Matthew because it wouldn't even be able no, to be. No, I think it was. It wouldn't because what is it going to be, Matthew? <laughs> First of all, Marissa, you'd have to come that hard for this man's name. Doesn't make sense. Okay, so I just want everyone to know Matthew. You're Matt yelling sucks. at <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so but, we meet Matthew. He's going to take over for as the new CEO of Stata. Or no, no the new owner? Or what? What was it? Oh, it was. It was the new CEO. It was CEO. Or so, it was like, yeah, it was really. No, uh, who was the woman? Who was Deborah? Deborah? What was her name? Judith? Judith. <laughs> she was like the HR person. Not HR. Something with people relations. Okay. So he's taking over the company, basically. As a, yeah. And. He not the, uh, here's the thing. Not were the company, you like though? The, I think just her department. Yeah. But were you like immediately suspicious of him? Yes. Right, because he was weird. I think anyone that's aggressively nice like is weird. You okay, want something? You know what made me mad? Yeah, he had the audacity to when she was telling him about her passion project, and it's called the very nice box. He goes, ha 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 ha. Oh, box? Ha, ha. What are you, 12? He was. He Nobody was like in his 20s, but fuck this guy. Box. I mean, I'm sure people do, but that's weird. And I just want you guys to know that that's his personality. Yeah, he's like a white guy, and that's what you need to know. And so he starts changing things up in the department. He adds like, in like a basketball minimally. court or something. Yeah, he adds a basketball court. And he's like, he gets different snacks for the break room. He's like, we're just going to be really positive and it's fine and they have different kinds of meet- meetings like those almost like meetings that you learn at like leadership camps that are like sit in this chair and tell your idea and everyone hypes you up and then questions you but also right. hypes you up mostly right yeah it was just to me here's my thing I so feel like he changed some stuff and that was fine but like the company was like working so the big he didn't thing, really need to change a lot. Okay. The big thing with these changes and you on the outside seeing him is, I feel like the idea that we're supposed to get is you don't understand why Ava's is into him. Yeah. So this is the thing. It doesn't make sense. While this is happening, she's also signed up for this like free therapy thing that's through the company because he set this up, blah, 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 blah. And the therapist is giving some janky ass advice. Yeah. So I was like, wow. Some of the advice was, I guess, fine. Some of it was fine, but some of it was like, that's really not what a therapist would say, I feel like. Yeah. But anyways. I feel like the therapist would have been like, you can work through your grief. And the therapist was like, no, you should just go after this new guy, Matt. Yeah. And then you have, alongside that, someone, there are people basically vandalizing vandalizing things protesting because stada is like taking over a community garden for a new part new building right which is really fucked up so more or less like the gentrification of the surrounding so you have protesters and so she gets sand in her gas tank like chicago or new york or it was a big city it was new york i think yeah i think so oh sorry it was new york okay so yeah, so gentrification, obviously. And then, so she gets sand on her gas tank. So now Matt has the chance to get to know her. They, they start getting to know each other because he's giving her rides back and forth from the office. Because he lives close to her apartment building. And so she's starting to thaw out at this point. He listens to the same podcast 
as she does, which doesn't even make any fucking sense for his character. And then, like, more is, eventually more is revealed, but, like, basically her favorite podcast was, like, it's almost like a, people taking apart, or what were they doing? It was like a Mythbusters, but on a, like, like, lower level. It reminded me of how it's made as a podcast. Yeah, like, here's what you need to make this thing, or, oh no, people would ask questions. They'd be like, how can I make solve a problem this work or how can I solve this? But it would normally be like engineering or mechanical problems. And so people would call in and give them advice. And so in 30 minutes, this podcast would try and solve that problem. And so for Matt's character, he just sounded like a fucking frat boy. And that was supposedly his favorite podcast. And sorry, I say that because like that comes up later. Yeah. And it's actually Ava's favorite podcast, which makes sense for her character. Right. Um, as functional, organized, and as someone who's actually, like, a designer. Right. So then, okay. So then there's a shift. I can't, I don't want to go into the whole Which plot because we have too much where he moves. We can go into the plot. Basically, so, okay, he's forced Nara, to I'm move sorry. Companies. Let's start, though, kind of from the beginning. So, from the beginning, they meet. She is standing in her gas tank. Her car is ruined. She literally cannot drive anywhere. He's taking her back and forth to work they develop this relationship she's also talking to this janky ass therapist so she decides telling to, her to go for the relationship she decides to pursue stuff with matt and frankly like the whole time it's happening you're kind of like why yeah because she just seems like they don't seem all that compatible they really don't. But what's Even happening when she's out of her grief? Yeah, but what's happening with the characters is that she's kind of just leaning into what he wants mm-hmm. and what he's into. And because of that, she's not necessarily becoming a different person, but you kind of see like some shifts in her character. And so like the relationship well, she, she stops, has she with she like loses the the friend. Yeah, she loses her friend at work, Jamie. Jamie? Mhm. Jamie. Because she won't eat lunch with him anymore because now she's eating lunch with Matt. Um, And so it's kind of one of those things where she's starting to isolate herself with just Matt. And then suddenly he's going to be moved to the office in fucking, was it New York still? But like another part? It was was another another state, state. right? It was another state. He's going to be moved to the other state because it's found out that they are having a relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. But again, she's been there since basically the inception of the company, so it's not like they're going to fire her. And a lot of her product line does really, really well. Yeah. Selling-wise in Stata. Well, so, and then the very nice box at this point is coming out. And, and it's... The popularity... Is insane. So we have him that moves to this other office. She breaks it off with she him She breaks it point. off with him because she's like, long distance is just not going to do it for me. Sorry. She's really, really sad about it, but you can see that she's starting to come around... And then sudden fucking Lee, he's back. <laughs> oh my god. He comes back and here's okay. Here okay. It's suspicious. It's suspicious because suddenly he calls in on their supposed favorite podcast and is like, I think I just messed up shit with this girl in New York. Blah, 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 Irritates blah, blah. the people. Irritates on the, the people podcast. on the podcast because they're like, this is not a relationship advice. It's line. also like I wanna specify it's they're live calls so there's not really a way to edit this for the poor podcasters anyways so he does that and then he comes back to town and he's like i quit stata 
Which, so fucking suspicious. He kind of quits Stata, right? Because he quits that company. He's, like, home for a couple weeks. He ends up living with her because he's like, I have nowhere to go. And he ends up fucking, like, like, weaseling his way into living with her. No way. All the way, this is happening. All the while this is happening, he's getting real fucking weird. And then, just, like, attitude-wise. Well, then you, you, he's, like, part of this group. Oh, God. We gotta get into the group. It's, like, a men's right activist group. It's literally, like, a men's right. (laughs) Calling a men's right activist group. We're, we're the... So then, you guys, they like really don't need to hype themselves up I really up anymore. couldn't do it. So okay, hold on. So then it just gets really weird, and, and then he well, wait shh, he weasel, weasels himself into living with her, and then at some point, a couple weeks into it, he's like, "I'm bored. I'm gonna go get my job back at Stata." Doesn't do any of this in a formal or appropriate way. Literally walks into the office with her, is fucking around with the employees like, "Hey guys, I'm gonna be back," and then is called into the office by Judith. Who's Who like, then calls security on him. No. What? <laughs> We're just, no, that's what she's like, no. Oh, yeah, she's like... She's not entertained man. by his white like man him. mediocrity. Yeah. And she calls security on him. He's escorted out. And later on, they get an email. The company does. That's like, that is not the appropriate way to conduct yourselves. However, I will say, if that had been anybody but a white man walking into a building like that... Well, it's secured. Yeah. He talked the security guard into letting That's him That's what I'm saying. In. Like, I'm like, there's no fucking way that would have worked for literally anybody. Oh but I also, nobody else it. would have had the literal level of audacity to do so. It was so crazy to me. I was like, and she was like hesitant, but I didn't feel like she was alarmed enough. Again, and again, she's like very taken by him for God knows why. Okay. Now... I, this is where I want to circle back to what I was originally talking about with her, like, sexuality and it being very fluid. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Because, so she's in this relationship for a few months. He's not doing shit. He's one of those weaponized, incompetent men oh who God. doesn't do shit and is well, lame. One of the things that I liked was that she was like, oh, yeah, he started cooking. So he would cook dinner. Like these really these gourmet elaborate, meals. Elaborate gourmet meals. And then she would have to clean up after him, even though he wasn't working. And that was like the only thing he did. Amazing. Anyways. <sighs> so at this point, she's starting to lose attraction to him but she doesn't phrase it that way she's just like i feel like it's very difficult for me to deal with him and the straight woman at her job that she becomes friends with in the second half of this book gives which i really liked her i really liked that lady but yeah okay but straight women no you guys need to have better fucking standards because this lady i'm not giving out advice Wow, he cooks for you? You gotta marry him. What? I know. Like the She's standard like, my was husband would low. never. And I was like, sorry that both of these men suck. Like, my thing is, like, I don't like to cook either. But, like, that's it. Right. So Ava's dealing with this. And she has never felt this way. Like, with Andy, never felt like that. Well, and she even talks about it. Like, with Andy, she's like, maybe it was just different because she was a woman. But I think but then, it's also, like, a compatibility thing. I also think it's, like... She also... But all of a sudden, she had a crush on a woman that worked oh, at Oh, yeah. Stata. And then the the woman who was a construction... She worked, or, like, an... an it was something It was, like, like a like warehouse that. position of some well, sort. Like, a higher-up warehouse position. Like, supervisor. And yeah. she ends up, like, meeting her in, like, a almost like a meet-cute where they're, like... No, she doesn't meet her. 
She just sees her from afar. I thought she met. No, she talked to her. No. Oh. She didn't was she talk talking to, to someone her until else? the end, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, well, it's Jamie very... talked to her. Oh, that's right. And Jamie was very interested and he was in like, that. And then she was like, well, yeah, I think I'm kind of attracted to her. But she, again, she's really comparing this relationship to the one she had with Andy. And I do think, again, you're right, it is part compatibility. But I'm also interested in, like, why... Because her sexuality is so fluid, and I also related to this, was that, yes, she's obviously attracted to Matt. She was in a relationship with him. But she was still like, man, I want to be, be with a woman. Right. <laughs> and I relate to that so hard because it's hard. Because I am sh- sexually attracted to men. I can get along with men. But brass tacks, there's a lot of things I do not like about them or relate to them on. So I feel like if I was ever in a relationship with a man at this point, I would feel the same way that she did, where it's like, wow, this is a lot harder. So there's one part in particular that I think is really the catalyst for the turn of events. (laughs) And it's the dog. I couldn't get over the dog thing. So Matt has a dog. He had a dog. He had a dog in the beginning. When he lived in his own fucking apartment. Um, he had a dog. <laughs> just like it's important to mention. He had a dog Radio and he... That was kind of how he got Ava to hang out with him. Was by being like, oh, our dogs can hang out. Because she had a dog that she that loved very much. That was first date. That was her first date. And the dog is like a mongrel. And he has this whole story about how she's a rescue. And blah, 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 blah. Okay. And then he moves to the other place that he went. And she's poorly trained, but she's a sweetheart. Yeah. And she assumes that he took the dog with him. Like any human being. Like any person would. Well, I guess And a good assumption. Because she was just like, yeah, like I, you know, like you assume someone figures that out. So then he comes back and she's like, oh, where's your dog? Yeah. Because he had this whole thing about how much he loved you this fucking dog. You have to talk about the dog's name. What is the dog's name? Emily. Oh, yeah, that's really cute. <laughs> Her little human name. She's like, where's Emily? And he's like, oh, so I couldn't take Emily with me. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, so I gave her to the shelter, but they said that they would find her a really good family, and she was matched with somebody, and it all worked out really, really well. Yay, yay, pat myself on the fucking back. Oh, well, don't forget the part where he tried to blame her. And then he also, yeah, when I was getting there, I was getting there. So then at some point, she's like, why would you do that? Why would you? Like, there, there was literally no apartments that had... Like, you could take animal? Like, literally. Like, she what? Was like, she was you, like... I could have taken Emily. And then he's like, well, you weren't speaking to me. And she was like, okay, well, like, that's kind of like a different situation. But, okay. Like, I didn't say... I said I didn't want to be with you. Fuck face. Not that I didn't want to take your adorable, ugly dog. Yeah. It's an adorable, ugly dog. And we know how much we love adorable, ugly dogs here. So, he tells her, no, it's fine. She's with the family, whatever. So... Later on, and this is the catalyst, is she gets a phone call from the shelter and they're like, hey, like, we're, we're going to put her down if nobody comes and gets her because... No, she calls them. Oh, no, she she's calls them. To oh, that's right. His lies. She's unraveling it. I thought they called her no. and I thought that was the thing. So she calls this and they're like, yeah, she's going to be put, on, put down pretty soon because nobody's coming to pick her up because she's a poorly trained dog that's also ugly, like... And you know people are really picky. And I want to say also she was poorly trained, but she was not mean. She no, was just she's like just rambunctious. So then, she's like, 
shaken to her core because to her she was like how could you say you love something this much and then just leave it well it's very disturbing also it's kind of like disturbing behavior it's also well, fucking weird to lie about it was never emily was never his dog he was a foster right person. so he gave her back but it's kind of like why would you lie about all of those things yeah, why would you say that like and they were like he returned her early which okay like he did move out of the city it but seems reasonable to say, like, I was a foster lie. dog dad. Like, there was no reason for him to fucking lie about, like, a crazy person. So, okay, so reasonably, she's, like, shaken because she's like, what the fuck? So she confronts him about it, okay? Yeah. She confronts him about it, and he's like, oh, like, why are you making... Why are you making this, like, a big thing, stupid bitch? <laughs> Yeah, that was. He's really like. He, I mean, he's not being mean about it, but he's like gaslighting the fuck out of her. Yeah. He's like, why would I need to tell you all this? And 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 excuse after excuse after excuse, and it's just clear that he very like he lied about something that she had like asked him about, and it was a big deal. Like that's a big deal. It was a big deal because it was a weird set of lies. It wasn't just one lie. It was a series of lies to make about this thing for no reason. For no reason. No, genuinely no fucking reason. And if Emily was still at the shelter, why not go get her if you're moving back? And it's, again, she was a foster. He did not seem compatible with Emily, let's be real. No. So, okay, fine. But then why lie and why not give lie? Emily a chance to be rescued by by Anyways, Ava. So this conversation then pushes him into gaslighting and manipulating the fuck out of her. And then he's like, let's go to my meeting. So part of his character is that he goes to these meetings. They're kind of like almost like an AA, but for sober straight men. <laughs> Like, like, <laughs> that's the worst description, but at the time, it's at very the same time, apt. it's like a good description. No, it is a good description, so it's just called, so stupid. It's called The Good Guys, and it's basically just these guys patting themselves on the back, being like, thanks, good job for overcoming these matters in your life, and doing it in a normal way. Okay, but do you remember the part where they were like, you know what, basically it was... You know, people perceive the truth differently. We have to kind of make them understand our truths and un- like yes. basically, it was it was it was a workaround about it was a workaround way of saying we gaslight and manipulate people. Well, like so, then you have these guys that stand up and tell their stories, their and testimonies. So Matt goes up there and tells his story, and he's like, "Yeah, me and my girlfriend Ava got into it today over a misunderstanding," and basically, like tells the story about the dog but somehow puts himself in a good light and he's getting all these like yeah man good job pat you on the back raw raw men are great and like then you're hearing all these other guys tell these stories and you're like oh my god every single fucking man here is like an expert at gaslighting and manipulating So then, I already fucking said so it. So then that's like the catalyst event for the rest of the novel. And by the way, I want to say that her her friend, on and off friend, Jamie, Jamie, literally kept telling her that's a weird group for him to be a part of. That's a weird, it's a red flag. And she was like, no, it's fine. And, and she was like, was... no, it's like a red flag. No, And Jamie was understand. like very honest. He was like, this guy sucks. Well, they the reason they were on and off is because she he was not happy him. about this relationship and she kept dropping him in favor of the relationship. And so he was like, I'm fucking done. Yeah. I'm done. Which is fair. So, okay. 
So everything comes to a head. Oh my god. And, oh god, there's just accumulation of events. But basically, Ava is given a party for her very successful product, mm-hmm. the very nice box. At this party. No one else made a vagina joke about yeah, it. Yeah, no the one way. else Fuck made him. a vagina joke. Like, just him. Um, at this party, it's revealed to her that Matt is not just some guy that became temporarily a part of this company. It's revealed to her that he's, in fact, the person who crashed into her car and killed her parents and her fiancé. And, and found her and stalked her and purposely, like, chameleoned himself into her life like a crazy person. In Be- order to get close to her. And in his own ways, like, I was trying to apologize then, bitch, apologize. He's you like, you cut. seem so sad. I thought I could you don't, make you happy You don't manipulate your way into someone's life, you weirdo-ass bitch. You don't use your penis to make someone get over their grief. And then it's revealed that he's actually the therapist. That she's been, that texting, she's been texting through this, fucking through this app. app. So, and that's why the advice was so janky. <laughs> that's why it was ass advice. He was getting it from a stupid good guys group. He so. probably was. So it's revealed, and I gotta say, like, I'm not gonna lie to you, that twist really was quite good. I wasn't expecting there to be a fucking twist. I really like, that's why I picked it up, because I was like, oh, there's a twist? Okay, dope. So I really liked the twist. Here's what I did this not is like. like. I think this is probably both our, like, one of our few criticisms of this book. The ending, the way, like, the ending with him is just so fucking silly. So she confronts him. Okay, and while she's confronting him, they're in the warehouse where the very nice boxes, again, they're huge, are being made. And he gets, like, built into one of the boxes, and then, like, the conveyor belt takes him away But just while like, she's confronting him. But it's so the stupid. The rest of the book was so, like, it was serious and it was realistic. It wasn't, it was, like, obviously it was, like, it bordering was like, on silly in parts. In in parts, but that was just so fucking silly. It was so silly. It was, it, because it was a very, like, I don't know why they would juxtapose this man killed her family and her fiancé. With this really silly ending. With, with this weird standoff. Yeah, no, it just wasn't, I just, that was the weakest part of the book for me. Honestly, like, up until then, I was like, wow, this book's, like, really good. And if there was some way to change the ending, I would happily. Yeah. And it's fine. I actually enjoyed it regardless. But I just feel like out of all of... It just was so silly. (laughs) It was, like, definitely an interesting choice. It was an interesting... Choices were made. Choices were made. I don't... That's why I can't give this book, like, a... Like a 10 out of 10, a 9 out of 10. I have to give it an 8 out of 10. Yeah. Because it was just silly. But I loved it. I did really like... I quite enjoyed it altogether. The twist is really good. The story is very good. Um, The male entitlement is precious. Superb. So good. And I feel like... You know, I'm surrounded by men who know men are horrible. I'm very privileged in that way. Yeah. But there are not enough <laughs> men who realize, like, that kind of entitlement is a thing. Oh, my God. Did you send me that TikTok or did I see it on my own? Hmm. Where it was about this girl who's been... Oh, no, we were talking about it. Uh, 
the get that men are now using having emotions and feelings. You mean my ex boyfriend? Where the they're now the new thing is that men will be like, well, I just have these feelings, and that's great. Men should have feelings. Men should express feelings, but you shouldn't do it to manipulate other people. But they're basically like, um, you need to validate my the way that I was awful to you because those are my feelings, and then they'll gaslight you and manipulate you using these like very pro like these very like therapeutic terms and right. well, and then that's what he was doing to Ava. Because he's like, Did I had this horrible incident in my childhood. This one, hor- one horrible incident, by the way. And it changed the course of my life. And because and of that's that, why I, I lied about everything. And also killed your fiancé and parents and didn't take any accountability for it. Yeah. So it's very much just men are suddenly using these terms that we have, like, uh, women or non-men have started using to talk about how men have hurt us. Like, gaslighting, manipulation, invalidation, all these terms that I'm sure you guys have heard before. They're kind of Twitter-fied, too. Yeah, and Twitter, Twitter-fied as well. And all of a sudden, they're using it to just once again be awful men and not take accountability for how their misogyny can often harm Yeah, because us. this time it's like, well, I'm expressing my feelings, so how could that be misogynistic? Well, like, if you're doing it to harm someone... Or to manipulate a situation. Yes, it is. And that's not... I just do want to make this disclaimer before all men stop listening to us. Not only men do that. No, 100%. 100% at this point. Yes. Every There are plenty of people... But it's a phenomenon. ...that weaponize their emotions. But it is a phenomenon. And a lot of it comes with and from a certain level of entitlement... That comes with being that a man. is often very much a associated male with thing. Male, male privilege. So I just want to say that, and if you want to fight me about it, I don't give a shit. <laughs> you could fight me about it. That oh, was I like, don't oh fight my with God. people anymore. I like, just am like, okay, that's your dumbass opinion. <laughs> when we watched um, Encanto, and you were like, if you were that girl, you, that household would have never known a moment of rest. Oh my God, no, like uh, Maribel. Yeah, yeah. I was like, if that was you, Marissa, no one would have ever, like, no had one would peace. have known peace, because you would have been fighting them the whole time about this bullshit gift shit. That's I'm just saying, like, it's fine, but people need to know, like, they're not right. They're actually. I would really have wrong. been Bruno, and I would have let everyone not apologize to me, and it would have been fine. Yeah, you're definitely a Bruno. But I'm definitely none of those characters because we would have fought. <laughs> yeah, I would have been all hands on deck. Hands on deck. Okay, so, Denise, would you... Who would you recommend this book to? Ooh, um, I would actually recommend it to every single woman or non-man in the world. Right. Ever. <laughs> Especially, hold on. Especially straight women. Because right. I need you guys... I need you guys to start laying a bedrock of, like, standards for yourselves. Yeah, we really need more standards. Yeah. More standards, more standards. Um, yeah, I would definitely be reading it for the she's and the they's and the gays, for sure. And you know what? If you're a man and you feel like, man, this has really upset me. The whole time they were talking, that was really upsetting. Maybe you should fucking read this you book, should too. For- <laughs> this book's for you. Actually, this book is for you. Like, you need to... Get the get the moral message out of this. If you felt offended, 
That's very sad. That's no sad one's sad for, for you. you, but I'm sure that's sad. That's sad for you. We're fine. Um, and if you want to hate speech speech messages, it's fine. I'll block you or I'll fight you. I'll fight you. Um, but anyways, so that being said, yeah, we like really enjoyed this book. What would you recommend to read along with this? Or even, fun new thing, watch along with this. Ooh. What would I recommend to watch along with this? Why is the first thing that comes to mind Legally Blonde? Ooh. Right? No, that's a good good one. one. I love Legally Blonde. No, that's a really good one. Okay. What would you recommend to read or watch? Ooh, tough. Um... This is going to sound stupid, but okay. it's so serious. Mm-hmm. That mini doc, that mini series, mini documentary, The Love Fraud. Oh, that's so good, though. Yeah, because it's talking about another entitled man. Yeah, okay. Who's a con man. That one's a con man. And he, like, he literally, like, tricked, I don't, was it, like, 20-something women? 30 Dude, it women? it was more than that. It was so many women. He literally conned so many into women, so many into women, so many women into basically funding his life. Yeah. Um, but by like love bombing them and then being like, peace, um, and ghosting the fuck out of them, but after taking all their money and shit yeah. like that. It was really good. It's on Amazon Prime and I think you do have to pay ninety nine cents per episode, but it's only like six episodes. It's four. It's not even six it's four. It's four and you See? get the first one free, so it's three dollars and it's, it's worth $3. it. Three dollars. And it's definitely really intriguing. Yeah, and 100%. this is <laughs> The setup of the show is this bounty hunter who's looking for this guy. She remember when she was like with the bounty hunters like that she worked with and they're all young dudes and she said, What's up, so and so? And he didn't reply and she's like, That's so and so. Fucking hate him. <laughs> hey, same. Same. <laughs> A vibe. Anywho, thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast today. We appreciate it. We love you. We kiss you on the cheeks. We and hope you weren't too put off by the man hating. It's only thirty five percent in jest. <laughs> it's only that large of a percentage in jest. I'm. I was being. I mercy, please. I want people to listen to us. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, we were kidding. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. None of it was in jest, but we do hope you guys come back and keep listening. Even if you hate, listen. You can hate listen to us. That's yeah. okay. If you tell all your friends, fucking hate those twins on their fucking podcast and talk about They books. sound fat. <laughs> you would be correct. I do feel like I have a fat lady laugh. Like, do you ever feel like that? I ever. I always feel like that. I feel like I have a fat lady laugh. Like, I feel like, oh. Like, it's like, I don't like know. Like, Elizabeth it gets really. Holmes oh, stop. Ho, oh, oh. ho. I'm Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> No, I feel like I have a witch laugh. Mm. I have a witch nose. <laughs> I definitely have a strong nose. Too strong, some might say. Who is some? The not brave. Yeah, the Cowards. fearful. Cowards. Anyways, this is Elizabeth Holmes, and we're signing off for the evening. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.